Welcome back, everyone, to the Xamarin Podcast, keeping you up to date with the latest and greatest in mobile development for Xamarin developers, covering the world of Xamarin, .NET, Azure, and more. I'm Matt Sokup. And I'm James Montemagno. How's it going, buddy? You washing your hands? I'm washing my hands. I'm sanitizing everything I come in contact with. It's, But you know what the strangest thing that happened today, James, is? What's that? The rare Seattle thunderstorm rolled through here a couple minutes ago. Oh, it's, it, it doesn't happen often. No, no. It's um, get a couple claps of thunder and that's it. It's never too severe over here. Um, but yeah, it's always neat to hear some thunder on the West Coast or in the Pacific Northwest. Does it make you do some like Imagine Dragons? You're all like lightning and the thunder. That's what happens to me, basically. So <laughs> I'm too old to listen to that music. I'm, you know, back back in the 50s oh okay that's pretty good i mean i uh <laughs> i will say i've been playing a lot of animal crossing as many of uh, my followers may know and uh kk slider who's the musician in the game you can collect his albums and a lot of them are set in like older 50s-esque 60s 70s-esque era so it might be up your alley i'm, I'm trying to encourage matt to get a uh, nintendo switch so we'll see yeah, we, we, we will see. I actually was Googling around for, I mean, binging around for him before we started recording. So, yeah, you're, you're very persuasive when it comes to Animal Crossing. That's what I do. That's what I do. Well, let's get into the news because we surprisingly have quite a bit of good stuff uh, for everyone this month. Now, we had mentioned in the new releases previously that uh, we released some updates to Xamarin Essentials uh, 1.5, and we've uh, created some new releases since then, one5 dot oh dot one basically like a dot one another there's a bunch of like point releases we found a bunch of bugs um by a bunch i mean one so when you know when you got bugs you got to do stuff but i um came out with a blog post because you know we did documentation on it we did release notes and it's always great to have some um nice blog post material that like points back to the docs and I also updated my sa- some samples to use the latest and greatest in Xamarin Essentials. So if you're brand new, uh, Xamarin Essentials is our cross-platform uh, API for developers to use. You can access 60, 70 native APIs, you know, like geolocation and app information, device information, and text-to-speech and stuff like that. Um, what's cool is that it works on iOS, Android, Windows, Tizen, watchOS, and tvOS, which is cool. Um, and in 1.5, the team added app theme. So that's cool. You can see requested theme. That's nice because maybe you're using an older version of Xamarin Forms or you're not using Xamarin Forms and you want to make it really easy to say, am I in dark mode or light mode? Uh, and updated my contacts app um, that I have a sample on GitHub to show how to do that. And I have a nice little GIF of in Android, you know, toggling between light and dark mode and just the whole UI refreshes immediately because I use some dynamic themes. Um, and I have a video on it because you got to have that. A permissions API. This one's really, really cool. You can check and request permissions cross-platform. That's super duper nice. And then also there's the web authentication um, a part, which is like a web authenticator. It's not necessarily a replacement for like you know Azure AD or stuff like that. But if you just need to log in to a web server, get a token back to parse stuff, drop dead simple API, a lot of usage. We've gotten a lot of feedback and we're going to be working on that. So um, definitely take a look at that. And I also announced um, that 1.6 of Xamarin Essentials, which will be coming sometime in the future, uh, will add a bunch of new uh, support for file picker, haptic feedback, uh, app actions, calendar, and 
we'll add Mac OS support. Um, we actually just merged Matthew Leibowitz and um, a bunch of the iOS and uh, some community members worked really hard on it. Um, and that's merged in. Mac OS support is in there um, and it will be released with 1.6, but you could go grab the nougats over on GitHub today. So give it a try. Yeah. Sweet. Becoming yeah. your one-stop shop for everything essential to your yes. app. So everything, everything essential. Yes. That's what it's for. I just the other day, I or not the other day, but a week and a half ago, I was building a quarantine bingo app. So <laughs> we've been doing a lot of family night uh, bingo games across playing on FaceTime. And I created an app that um, uses cognitive services, speech to text. So what it does, it listens on the microphone. If you say the number like B4, it'll translate that into string before then I light it up on the on the bingo card. Anyways, long story short, it uses the microphone. I needed to use the permissions API. I had no idea I was using something brand new to 1.5. And know what? There's no bugs there. It works. Nice. Nice. Very, very cool. I like to hear that. So. Yep. And so you know what else is brand new? And it's not it's not on the 1.5, it's on the 4.6 iteration is Xamarin Forms. It keeps on chugging out. And there's a lot of cool, cool things in here. Um, one of my favorites is the navigation. I'm calling it the navigation back dot. And so uh, if we're using shell navigation, you can kind of just put in routing and say, I want to go to this page and it's a string that you go to. And I'm kind of just glossing over all the details here, but that's kind of how it works. With um, Sometimes though, you will get to a page and the route back to the previous page, like on a modal, might not be obvious to where you're at if you have like a close button on that page. Because you can get to this modal page from several di different places. And so what the navigation back dot does, it just takes you back one, one step in your route. And so that's super duper cool. Um, there's a, other cool features in there. And um, the updates to visual are in there to the latest Google material specifications, if you will. So there's a little tweaks here and there to make it look more like um, what Google has out for their material. And also, you can now style your shell flyouts. And um, I always like to stick to what's in the box because anytime I try to make things different, it looks terrible. But if you're good at making things look pretty, that's all for you. Um, but yeah, they're, they're in the styles now, so you can um, style your shell flyouts and really customize your app to ex perfection. And then, of course, 4.6 is out, but there's future, future, future features coming out. <laughs> and one of them, uh, I know you're excited about this one, James, is the radio button and radio button groupings. Uh, we all love that. C-sharp UI extensions, which really kind of lets you build up a UI in C-sharp just by doing um, dot notations. I personally am not a huge fan of C-sharp UIs. I like XAML, but people do love their C-sharp. One thing I did like this really like when I saw it was uh, more font embedding, particularly the font image source is going to work um, better. So what font embedding is, is um, where you can take a font and you don't have to actually put it in each of the platforms, just pop it in the, um, in the shared project and then reference it there and it works. Where before you, you could use custom fonts everywhere, but you kind of had to go through a little bit of platform work. Now it's a lot easier. And then with font image sources, you can use like, a, or are they called icon glyphs? Is that what the name for it is? 
Uh, yeah, they're they're glyphs. Yeah, but something like Font Awesome, for example, yeah. uh, you can use those, which are cool because uh, Font Awesome has a bunch of free stuff, and there's also material design icons. But Font Awesome is pretty great, and uh, it, it's nice instead of having to worry about like all the images for every little thing. Like you, you do want images, but when you just want little icons, those are great. Yeah, yeah, they're great for down like in the tab bar or something like mm-hmm. that. And um, I use them a lot in the uh, partly cloudy Newsy app. Um, mm. all over the place because they they just work if you don't need a huge image just those little ones that let people know like what what functionality you're getting at is they're pretty neat and then the uh, feature that i was most excited about is um what we're calling the expander mm. and so for that what you can think of let's say you had just a list of items not a list view but a list and you can click on that and you have them all rolled up under one let's label Click on the label and then the list expands and you see everything underneath it. So it's like an expander. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I mean, that's pretty neat um, and going to be in the future versions of Xamarin Forms right now, all underneath an experimental flag, though, so you can play around with them today. Yeah, I'm already using almost everything in this <laughs> um, in this release. So uh, I've been prepping some new applications and uh, using you know a bunch of third-party controls here and there. I'm still using some of them, but uh, I've been able to yeah, upgrade a visual, um, which updates a lot of things like the web view stuff that Google was using. So that like, helps with iOS app store sum- submissions. Um, I'm using the new font embedding. I have four custom fonts in my app and it's one line of code, nothing else. You don't have to do anything else. It's glorious. Navigation back dot. It's, it's kind of like when you do CD, space space inside the terminal or inside of you know command prompt um that's exactly what it is and it just goes up a directory and i use that all the time now in my new app which uses shell exclusively i'm all in it took a while it took a while i know people are like oh what are you gonna do but um you know I, i've been you know slowly convinced by shane to be honest with you over time that uh shell was the right way to go and I've been waiting for them to add a few more features to sort of meet my requirements. And that's the nice thing. It is opt-in. Um, and, you know, I, someone was, uh, what was it? Um, I think me and David, we did six things to love in Xamarin Forms 4.6 uh, Xamarin show. And so one comment was, I feel like I'm being sold on Shell. And I was like, well, if, if Shell is a great fit for your app, but for me doing like the URL navigation, which was perfect for my app, I just have tabs. I don't have like a crazy whatever, right? Just doing, it made it so easy. And uh, we, especially for file new, I think that's the thing is kind of shoving it into an older existing app seemed like a lot of work because then you got to do all the passing around objects and, and doing a bunch of changing your scheme. But file new, I'll tell you, it was a no brainer. I've really enjoyed it. And now that I understand it more from going from the beginning and I haven't like try to learn the complexity um, later on to shove it in an existing app, and it's really nice because I did start with Hanselman Forms. I started to use Shell and I ran into that issue, which was, oh, I'm going to need to change around XYZ because uh, my application isn't structured for Shell. So how do I pass things around and do a bunch of stuff? And uh, starting brand new was was really delightful. So go get it. It's super awesome. And uh yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the next release. I think 4.7 is going to be coming out soon too in preview because that's usually what happens, right? And then next month we can talk about that. So <laughs> my goodness. Uh, all right, well, something else that literally just happened right before we started recording the podcast 
is uh, the components team has been working super hard. I've been working with them. And by working with them, I just read the Slack channel. That's basically it. I've been doing a little bit of PMing and a little bit of work here and there, but uh, the team has basically just been doing everything and crushing it, which has been awesome. Uh, now, in the middle of the global plan- pandemic, uh, of course, there is need for something that we call a contact tracing. And both Apple and and Google announced about a month ago some new APIs called exposure notifications. I think exposure notification is a less scary term <laughs> to people uh, <laughs> in general. Uh, so, uh, you know, that, that's fine. And they, they released um, at the beginning of May these exposure uh, APIs, the iOS and the Android libraries. But the team had been hard at work before that prototyping based off the specifications for a cross-platform API. So um, just this week, the first week of May, um, May 6th specifically, um, we did a blog post about how we released the first bindings for the iOS, the Android, and a cross-platform exposure notification API that developers can use. Now, it's important to note that... um, you know, these APIs can only be used by like different health agencies, things like that. But if you're working in the government or working in a health agency, things like that, and you're looking to build an app, you're going to have to deploy that to iOS and Android and boom, what better platform than Xamarin? Just saying. So it's there. There is none. Uh, there is none. It's, uh, and then all the APIs are there and ready to go. So it's very, very cool. So it's a nice short blog post, but if you're in this space, um, which I've had a few, people reach out to me about it uh, because they're, they work in the government, right? You know, in different countries and definitely give it a look. So it's, it's pretty neat. And honestly, I know that uh, I listen to the coronavirus morning report um, every single morning and uh, what a way to open your morning. Um, <laughs> um, but it's a great podcast uh, if you're into it, but you know, besides needing testing, 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 um, which is very important. Um, I think what is important is like if these contact tracing things become reality. So I'm, I'm for them and I hope that, I hope that it goes through. So we'll see. Yeah. And I think even if you're not going to be building one of these apps, it's just really cool to learn what's going on here. The well, one first, cause it will be your, your privacy that, that these eventually will do. And I think it is a very important um, app to is eventually opt into, but two, the technology that's going on behind it is um, just with the how the the IDs cycle every fifteen seconds, and it's using Bluetooth to communicate. I mean, that's that's just really neat, and you can explore the APIs. And the team got the cross-platform API done like immediately. It was it's pretty amazing. I was reading over the post, and I mentioned to you, James, like I can't believe there's actually a cross-platform API ready to go now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. Super cool. I agree. Yeah, it's cool to see. So we'll see what happens. Definitely. Um, you know what else is going to be cool cool to see? What's that? You know, every transition I do, I ask you that question. You know what else is going to be this? You know What's what else that? is going to be that? <laughs> it's going to be build. Build, the virtual build. Our very first ever virtual build is coming up. and But it's going to be going on three days, 24 hours a day, kicking off, I believe it's May 18th. And I'm really excited for, for, for what we all have planned here. Um, I'm taking part in a Xamarin Experts panel on Tuesday the 19th at 2 p.m. Pacific time. And James, I know 
you're probably taking part of several things as well, as well as um, Maddie and David are going to be taking part. Um, we'll have, and it's, well, I, I kind of buried the lead here. It's free. Did I mention that it's free? Free. Free. People can just, you know, log on whenever you want, wherever you are in the world, because it's going to be going on all the time for those three days. And yeah, content constantly going. Um, live sessions, like I mentioned, where, you know, we'll be doing our expert panel, there'll be expert panels across, you know, all, all frameworks, all technology areas where you can just hop onto a team's, essentially a team's call and ask your questions away. And, um, even the sessions, there's going to be Q and a periods. And so one thing I really like about teams and, and this was actually just pointed out to me the other day, and it's kind of makes sense is that. When you're on like a virtual call, it kind of like levels the playing field where you're in like a meeting room and there's like the inside table and the outside table. But like on a virtual call, everybody's on the inside table. Like you're all at the same conference table. And mm-hmm. it's going to be neat that no matter where you are, you're going to be able to ask questions of the experts of the product teams straight up. And um, yeah, they'll get it. They'll, you'll get your answer and it's free. So that's going to be coming up May 18th through the 20th. So, yeah, super neat. Yeah, I'm registered. I'm ready to go. I'm all excited for it. I'm in. Nice. Yep, and I'll put the uh, the register link in the show notes so we can hit that up. Cool. And did you check this out last week? I think last week or the week before is um our good friend Gerald and I put together what was called the crazy cognitive service challenge, crazy cognitive service combo challenge. That's what it was. And <laughs> what it this. was, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's really, really neat. Um, so as part of a AI April and artificial intelligence, April effort, Gerald and I wanted to do is show off how you can make an intelligent app with Xamarin. And so what we wanted to do there is get our feedback from the community is throwing as many cognitive services together as you can to make the app as crazy as possible. So Gerald kind of took it. He went pretty nuts already at the beginning and we made this little travel app. It's using, gosh, it's using a bunch of different things, but he's using a translate service. So you can type in what, (laughs) what other people are saying about you. You can upload a photo to it so then it um not it identifies a photo it even changes the background of the of the app the colors based on what the photo looks like and it does one more thing oh it uses a image search so you could put in a uh a destination let's say amsterdam and it pulls back photos of amsterdam to display as a background as well so that was where we set people off from and then people can then go on and make any changes to the app that they wanted to and just kind of push it to its limits and then tell us obviously what went well, what didn't go well. And we got uh, 24 submissions to this. And there's a lot of really cool ones. Um, people put chat into it with uh, translation. Um, they made the design look better. There's sentiment analysis. So you can tell people are mad at you when you're doing your translations uh, just a ton of cool things of searching news at your local destination that she wanted to go to. So just like really a lot of stuff that they weather current weather of where you are. I mean, there's, I love the imagination and um, it's really neat to see that people put their 
um, put the time in to make make the app better. So it's really neat. Very cool. I need to go check out the GitHub repo so I can see all the cool updates that uh, that everyone put in there. So it's very, very cool. Very nice. I love when all those challenges go out and, and people take some time. It's a good time to do. And I've been seeing more and more people tweet and promote like all the just, you know, making UI and doing things. So it's fun to see when everyone puts all these together. So I love it. I love it. In fact, talking about people doing awesome things, uh, we had an awesome case study go out um, from a um, from PGS Software, who built an application for Voloti Airlines uh, using Xamarin Forms, and this was pretty fun. We sat down with them. Um, I'm gonna—I don't know if I can say his his name correct. I'll go with it. Bogoslaw Blowski Blonsky from PGS Software, and um, so Voloti is a leading European airline. Um, and they work on like competitively priced direct flights and things like that. So if you're in Europe, you probably know of them. And they rebuilt their mobile application from the ground up, cross-platform with Xamarin Forms. And they actually started the project back on Xamarin Forms 2.6. And they talk about how they've like upgraded and as they updated and continuously upgraded, they removed less and less custom renderers. And they, you know, they have a few of them left, but basically they don't need any of the other ones anymore. And they use awesome. Um, third-party libraries like Lottie and Apple Pay and Google Pay. And uh, they talk about their CI and CD pipeline. And it's a really beautiful app. So uh, if you're looking for a really cool um, showcase, you want to show your managers, check out that. Um, and also head over to the Xamarin Customer Showcase as well, xamarin.com slash customers. So pretty awesome to see. I love customer stories. Yeah, that's really neat to see what people are using um, or what, what people are con- making in the real world. And yeah, it's a really good looking app and uh, i know i mentioned it a couple uh podcasts ago but it's a it's a golden era in uh xamarin um apps as far as user interfaces go just how pretty they all are and so yeah definitely go check out this post another post that you should check out is we had um a member of the azure sql team write a post on you would never guess what Azure SQL. And so Azure SQL is something that we don't really give enough airtime to. We talk a lot about uh, Cosmos DB and um, Azure SQL, though. Everybody loves your SQL server, but this one's up in the cloud. And so what David was talking about here is how you can um, do like change detection using the change table um, um, function in, in Azure SQL. And we talked a little bit about this in the last podcast and about the change table and he really goes over it here how you can um just see what rows have changed or what the differences were this way you don't actually have to update everything in your data set it'll just say all right road number six change and that's it because you just pass in the date that you last time you, you grabbed everything essentially and yeah so it's a really cool blog to um Go read it. It kind of like lays out how you can do a backend using Azure SQL and uh, get get pull down different um, the change sets essentially. And uh, what I think I might do is I might put a front end on this so we can have both the backend and then a little front end using it as well. So yeah, I would uh, definitely check it out. It's something that when you start making a data enabled application, you don't want to be pulling down all the data all the time, and it's lets you just pull down. Just a snippet. So, very cool. I love if you're already working with SQL, you'll be right at home understanding all that stuff and, and really, really cool. Yeah, we need a little front end on there, which would be awesome. 
The last thing in the news that we were talking about, we had a guest blog post from the team behind Magic Gradients. So if you want some gradients in your application, this is an awesome library built on top of Skia Sharp. It's a super in-depth um, blog post on how to do all crazy gradients, so many crazy gradients, anything that you could possibly want in a gradient, they have it. And in fact, the team um, between when they blogged this not too long ago and now have released a new version that does built-in animation so you can animate your gradients. It's bananas. So definitely go check that out. Magic Gradients, it's an awesome NuGet package. And that's going to round out our Xamarin news releases and events. What do you got for us for cloud news, Matt? The cloud. All right. So this is something I I knew about, but I didn't know what the name was. And it's um, brokered authentication. And so what that is, is um, a lot of places you work for a company and in order to get at, let's say, your email, you log in through, let's say, Outlook on iOS, but it says, hey, we're not going to let you in because you're not enrolled in Intune. So that's like conditional access and all that. So how do you get in then? You have to use Intune on your phone. That's brokered auth, right? You have to go through another app in order to get in somewhere. Am I making sense, James? You kind of follow me right now? Yes, I understand this. All right, great. MCell.net now supports it, which is really neat because I was reading through uh, the release notes from MCell and they say say brokered auth. I was like, well, what does this mean? It's like, oh yeah, that's what this means. And it's obviously just an Azure Active Directory. You don't have to worry about that for B2C, but, and it's just one line of code. Actually, you're gonna have to create some new um, redirect URIs. But it's just you're using dot with brokered auth and works. And so even if you don't have something like Microsoft Authenticator on device, it'll actually pop something up saying, tell your users, go install it first before you can uh, before you can proceed. Um, brokered auth does a whole bunch of other really cool things and that it also puts on um, single sign-on. So every time that you're signed on through your tenant, for, through your Microsoft corporate account, let's say, It'll give you then, you'll be able to sign on to every app for it because you're signed on through this broker, which now kind of controls your, <laughs> it controls your phone essentially. But yeah, um, yeah, but it's really neat. It's just in there one, one function call away. So, and another thing I wanted to talk about, James, is because another data thing, and this will become apparent because I know you love something else, but Cosmos DB, Minecraft World, um, it's just a li- really cool um, article about how uh, Cosmos or how the Minecraft team is supporting all their users pretty much in real time with just tons and tons of data coming in and how they set that up. Kind of like another case study with how they're doing that with Cosmos. So it's just how would you do massive amounts of data very, very fast with the, you know, with the kind of you know, distributed applications and uh, throw those all into a database. So it's a really interesting read. Yeah, so it's mainly like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. That's how that's how I'd go about doing it if I ever created a Minecraft and then retired. Very cool. I love it. That's awesome to see some of those real world things happening. Nice. All right. There is news. Now there is the Azure Service of the Month. What you got for us this month, Matt? Uh, service of the Month. Azure Maps. The Azure Maps, Azure Service, I guess, is, you know, I, when I first heard about this, I was like, ah, who, we have maps built in on mobile devices, right? I mean, who needs another one? But this this thing can do a lot more in that it gives us a couple a couple cool things that I like. Traffic. So you can um, 
find out where you can't go. Like if there's like road construction or big, big delays around there, routing so you can route yourself around the traffic. And here's a couple cool ones. Um, weather along your route, it gives you. And as well, mobility, as they call it, or uh, public transportation. So you can find out when the bus is coming next. So it has like all these cool things that really aren't related to maps. Well, they kind of are, but like they're the secondary map functionality. So you don't actually have to be displaying a map from Azure Maps, but you can be using like the mobility. Find out when the next transit is going to come to your to your uh, local bus stop and uh, build stuff off of that. So it's it's something really cool to check out, and it kind of actually fits really well into stuff that you would build as a mobile developer. Yeah, and I think we use some of the original services back in the day that were out there. And I think there used to be different Bing ones. We used to use some different location map services, but I uh, use quite a lot of applications on my phone that, uh, you know, have, have uh, maps and stuff like that. And on the website, if you're building any of that stuff, it'd be super duper nifty. So very cool. You know where that leaves us? What's that? Pick of the pod. Pick of the pod. All right, I'll go first because you've been talking for a while. Ready? Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So I got something a little different. In fact, it could be Azure Service of the Month, but it is my pick of the pod because, <laughs> sir, I've been building out, you know, full applications and I talk a lot about different libraries that I've used. Uh, and I want to talk about table storage. Do you know about Azure Table Storage? I've might have heard of it, but why don't you fill me in? Why do you love Azure Table Storage? Well, it's like the precursor to Cosmos DB. And in fact, Cosmos DB has a table API that you can use if you're coming from cables, table storage. But of course, Cosmos is a globally distributed awesomeness with a free account, which I actually signed up for, which is very cool. And there's a little Xamarin button in there. Um, but um, table storage is a great alternative based on maybe what your app or your enterprise needs. Uh, and it's a simple table storage. I mean, it's rows and columns and keys basically of data. So you can't have mass amounts of data. Like there is limits to what every single entry can be, but you have tables. You might have like a user table or a a friend table or a car table or something like that. And what's cool about it is unstructured data. So it's sort of like NoSQL, but not at the same time, but you just give it a data structure and the .NET SDK is wonderful. It plays super duper nice with Azure Functions. Uh, there's an Azure Functions SDK, so you can easily pipe in and out cloud tables. And honestly, in a few lines of code, you can be querying your online table storage. And you could do it from your mobile app. I put it behind a, a, a Functions gateway, uh, obviously, because you want to read, you don't want you know, writes to be only in certain places and your keys to be in certain places. So I put it in Azure Function. But it's really cool. Uh, it takes a lot of time to wrap your head around table storage because it's very different than SQL. It, it's weird because every, every entry has two keys. There's a partition key and a row key, and you can use one or the other for search. One's faster than the other. Um, and based on your different structuring of data and how servers are split up, it'll be like, you know, faster or slower or whatever. So it definitely takes some reading, but there's so much documentation on it because it's part of Azure storage, which comes with blob storage and queues and a bunch of other stuff. And man, I'll tell you what's great about this as a Xamarin developer, and you can do this with Cosmos too, but 
If you're doing Cosmos or table storage, the APIs are basically identical, which is really cool if you're doing table with Cosmos, but you can do everything locally. I did it on my Mac. I did it on my Windows PC. I have Azure Storage Explorer locally, which can emulate the cloud for me. Um, I'm using Azure Functions debugging locally, which is super awesome. And then I have my Xamarin applications, which are talking locally to my Azure Functions, which are then talking to my Storage Explorer. And uh, man, it's awesome. It's just a really cool dev experience. And this may seem old to a lot of people since table storage has been around forever, basically, but it's super cheap, dirt cheap, um, just like Azure Functions. And um, it's a cool alternative if you're looking for something uh, cheap and data and and uh, we'll see if it scales. I'm not really sure, but I, I, my application might not have millions of users. Maybe it will, and then I'll regret the decision later. But um, I, I'm, I'm hyped on it because I was talking to you before the podcast is it's really nice to start an app and take it to completion and release. And I haven't done that in a while. So in my spare times and on the weekends, since I've been inside more, I've been working on some on an app uh, for iOS and Android. And I've been using all the puzzle pieces, right? Shell, like I talked about, um, the latest and greatest versions of Xamarin Forms. I've been using um, some our control vendors, controls, third-party libraries. The one that you're about to talk about, I've used too, which is cool. Um, and then I'm using App Center. I'm using... You know, I'm, I'm getting feedback with with Microsoft Forms. Uh, I'm using analytics and App Center and diagnostics and fixing bugs and distributing it right to the App Store. I'm I'm doing all the things, Matt. And it feels. I mean, we before this podcast, I talked for an hour to Matt before before this whole thing. But you know, I, I love building apps. Right? It's why I, I came to work at Xamarin and why I'm here at Microsoft. And and you know, we build lots of samples. Um, but this is like a real thing. And I haven't done that since the evolve app, I guess maybe the evolve app was the last, like, this is a real app that thousands of people will use. Um, I have done meetup manager and I've done my scoreboard app, but they were, you know, more offline only, you know, synchronization. This is, this, this feels like a real app. There's a friend system. There's like data synchronization. There's offline mode. You know what I mean? There's like a whole thing. And, um, anyways, table storage is pretty cool. That's what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) Yeah, the app is super duper cool. It almost has me wanting to go out buy a Nintendo Switch. I have no idea what Animal Crossing is. That's what the app is supporting. Um, I hope I didn't break an NDA here, James. Yeah, and here's here's the cool thing about table storage. One, super cheap, dirt cheap. Two, if you do outgrow table storage, which I don't know if you will or not, not because the app won't be become popular, just because it's been around for a while for a reason. But um, you can pop it in over to Cosmos DB. The API is the same. It's going to look the same for you. You just have to do that data migration, and then you get all the um, scalability of, of Cosmos. Um, table storage is, yeah, super cool. And um, I'm actually using it for my link shortener, where for the partition key, it's the, like, if the link shortener was going to be bingo cards, the partition key is going to be the B, and then the row key is going to be bingo cards if that makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. So, cool. Nice. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's it's really cool table storage. And uh, like you said, once you wrap your mind around the partition and row keys, you just put in, they're really columns um, or properties. That's that's the name, I guess. They properties, call them. They're yeah, yeah. Properties, yeah. They're, they're properties that you just add in and you can add them at any time. So it's really, it's kind of like a NoSQL key value store. So yeah. bananas. What do you got for us? 
why pick of the pod is um, I wanted to talk about something. I think you turned me on to it with your last pick of the pod, Material Frame, and it comes from Sharpnado. And um, so, but now what, what really got me going on this is the blur theme. That's what I really liked about it. Kind of that what set it into the uh, the pick of the pod area. And so, the Material Frame is a frame. That looks, you know, kind of adheres to the material design specifications, and you're using that in in, in your app. But what I like about the blur the theme is that it kind of gives you that transparency, that where opacity that's kind of not all the way there. You can kind of see through the background, and it's just one of those really cool things. Yeah, so I mean, you could go a couple different. You can go extra light or light, or even a dark one to kind of give you with your an iOSy type feel. And yeah, it's just really neat and it's yeah, nougat and it's out there and you should love it. It's great. It's a pick of the pod. How can you not like it? And yeah, it's, I don't know. It's something that I like it, James. What I'm trying to say is I like it. So. <laughs> I like it. I'm into, you got to get your material frames. You got to get your pancake views and you'll be happy and ready to go. So, all right, that's it. We did it. I'll see you at Microsoft build 2020 online. Online. Absolutely. We'll see everybody there. Because it's free.